Hey you, I'm Shamaya. It's like papaya, except it's not, and this is Plot Twist Please. Welcome to another mini-sode. If you don't know, Plot Twist Please is a place, a place where I, Shamaya, like to talk about media, mental health awareness, and the intersection of those two ideas. Um, I also talk about my identity a lot on here as a black autistic woman, and so that's kind of what we're gonna be delving into a little bit today. But mostly, I'll be doing a get ready with me, and I'm going to be giving my very off-the-cuff take on a few of the topics that have been floating around the interwebs this week. So a lot of things have happened, as y'all have seen. Like, we've been through the ringer. Like, specifically the millennials and Gen Zers, and honestly, everyone, just everyone, everyone is just clutching, clutching their screens. We're just, we're just you know floundering along. For me, I'm going to be talking about three things. As you've seen in the title of this video, I'm going to be talking about Caleb McLaughlin of Stranger Things. Um, he's the one black character, or the one one black main character. Um, as of late, it looks like Erica is becoming more of a main character, hopefully. Looks like she's getting more of a character development going on. But he's the main um, one black main character. Um, and that fact is important, and we're going to talk about why that's important as I get ready today. So today I'm getting ready for filming another video for self-tape. So what we're going to do is we're going to kill two birds with one soon, right? We love to make it work, um, and we're making it work in this content creator economy, all right? So let's see, let's see, let's see. I got to do my base. Doobie 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 doobie. So that my makeup goes on smoothly, smoother to baby's buttocks. The second thing I'm going to talk about is all these celebrities just cheating on their wives. Like, and and, and, and just people are just do, doing the hoo-hoo over here and doing the hee-haw over there and then pretending like they're not doing the hee-hee and the hoo-ha at the same time. It's astounding, darling. It's astounding. Um, Yeah, the nerve, the, the truly the nerve. Um, as we know, as the general hetero male in America, maybe worldwide, I haven't I haven't seen what it's like over there, but generally, they're reckless. It is a jungle. You know, we are in the trenches. If you're dating right now, if you're a single person right now, and I guess too, if you're married, we're all in the trenches. We are all struggling, hoping for happiness. And I do wish that for all of us. Um, the third thing I'm going to be talking about is... Oh, John Boyega, Johnny boy, Johnny boy, JB, the boy. We're going to talk about him making a claim. And honestly, he's consistently made this claim, so I don't know why people act in brand spanking new. But he has consistently said um, publicly that he exclusively dates black women and specifically dark-skinned black women. Or at the very least, that's who he pursues. That's the demographic. Um, I'll talk about that last because I think that's, I think that's the most, um, I guess, juicy one. Um, we'll start with Caleb. So basically, if you're not in the loop, Caleb made a claim, um, publicly that most of these Stranger Things fans, if not all of them, paraphrasing I am, um, that most of them are racist, that most of the Stranger Things fans are racist. And if you're like me and you have a lived experience like mine, you are probably not surprised by this claim. You know, you've probably said this same statement to your black friends. 
um, or to your people, what friends of color, to your mutual friends of color. And um, so I wasn't, I wasn't shocked when I heard this. There was no like, whoa, like, what are you, ooh, that everybody up here is so, everyone is so sensitive. Everyone is so sensitive. Like, I was kind of like, yeah, like, so are the Harry Potter fans. So are the Game of Thrones fans. Like, we've seen it. <laughs> and so it's kind of, it's kind of funny to me, though not surprising, because again, history repeats itself and this stuff is not very new. Um, and neither are we. Um... Y'all did the same thing when it came to the Harry Potter fans. You said, oh, well, I couldn't, how, how, how could Harry Potter fans be racist? Oh, I don't know. They're people, they're people who grew up in a racist society. Like, that's reason enough for me. Like, that's enough evidence for me. Um, also, when the Game of Thrones fans were upset, um, when people were complaining about lack of representation of people of color in the, in the show, all collective hernias, all around, everybody, everybody, ill <laughs> god everyone became ill also about women and yes maybe they improved when it comes to when it came to their storytelling about women characters in the show but when it comes to people of color there was very little movement there was very little progression right and this isn't surprising like People who are fans of large establishments, people who are fans of large enterprises are racist. Okay, this is not news. Um, now, am I going to am I going to say that um, Caleb has built a case of evidence against the Stranger Things fan base? Um, you know, because fandoms are toxic. Like, let's not forget, fandoms are toxic. Your faves can be problematic. Okay, fandoms can be problematic. All right, let's not, come on, like guys, <laughs> guys, we've been on the internet for how long? We know this, fandoms can be problematic and many of them are, many of them. I, I have yet to find one completely flawless fandom. To be completely honest with you, I have yet to find, not even the Beyonce fandom is flawless. Not, they're not even flawless, like I'm sorry. Everybody is problematic. Everybody has, has skeletons in their closet, for lack of a better phrase. You know, people people want to turn a blind eye to their faves because they're their faves. And it's like, sometimes you just have to kill your darlings. That's that's the thing of being part of this media culture. That's the thing about being part, being a consumer of art and of media. You sometimes have to kill your darlings or you have to decide that you're not going to kill your darlings, but that you can live with the nuance of your faves, that you, that you can live with the messiness of it all. But stand in the mess, all right? Stand on a beloved. We're not fooling anybody. Like, we're not. <laughs> um, we can we can be messy and acknowledge that we're messy. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> um, or or rather, it should be, in my opinion. Also, okay. So what I was saying about Caleb building up a case. Not that it is his responsibility as an individual with his own lived black experience in Hollywood. Not that it is his responsibility to to come up with receipts for why a fandom is problematic. Um, but as someone who does not go to the conventions, as someone who has not seen, um, you know, how audiences react to him in person, but as someone who is going to take his word for it, because I believe I believe people when they say they've experienced bigotry, when they say they've experienced racism, I, I tend to believe them and that is that is my bias. 
Um, though it is not his job to prove that to me, I would still believe it. Even if, even without the evidence, I would still believe it. And you know why? Because of the way that the show is set up. Now I'll explain this further. He's the he's the one black main character, right? And then the other black main characters that are there, um, notably Erica, represents a very specific trope of blackness, right? So she, to me, represents the sassy black woman. And this is um, co-opted by the sassy black girl because she's a girl. She's not a woman, she's a girl. So that that's how that manifests. Like note how anything she says, there's no, there's no like actual reasoning to why she doesn't want to help the crew except because she just doesn't want to like, like most of her motivations are like one up somebody or to like have a fun, cute, sassy one liner or to like be snappy. And that's where most of her motivation lies as a character is to just say something, um, for lack of a better term, smart mouth, like in the black community, that just means like snappy and like witty and sassy and funny. She's the comic relief, right? And though Caleb's character himself, though he doesn't fit that bill, it also is worth noting how poorly these characters are written, how racism, how discussions about racism are written almost like half-heartedly. And like, like my thing is like, if you're gonna do a period story, right? You can either 100% forget, for, forget the tropes, ignore the tropes, ignore that people live in the bodies that they live in and cast people as people and have the story be about a bunch of people just living in the world, navigating the world. Or you can decide that you're going to actually point out those differences, point out those systemic things throughout the piece. But then you have to live up to that responsibility. You have you have to meet that standard to a certain extent. Like you have to do the homework. And it is clear that these writers have not done the homework. Like, like anytime someone mentions his race or like uh, even alludes to it, it's just kind of a throwaway line that we never address it again, or it's not fully explored in the plot, or it's not fully explored in dialogue. Nobody asks any questions about the statement. Like it's just kind of put out there and floating in the abyss and we kind of have to forget about it because it's a demogorgon. Like, like, you know, it's like, it's just, it's just, it's just not crafted in a way that shows care for those characters. And I think that was also exemplified with that one scene in the most recent season um, spoiler alert, where Erica and, oh God, Caleb's character, y'all, I forgot, his name escapes me, but we gotta keep it moving. When they're attacked by the grown, like, I believe like 17, 18 year old white boys who are literally manhandling them. And I'm like, okay, so, are we just are we just gonna ignore the like racial context here? Like the fact that this is the era that it is in, and we have kind of slightly talked about racism because Billy's character is racist, and it's like explicit pretty much that he's racist. Um, I'll get to him later. Don't worry. Um, but then we just kind of we frame this this moment with such little care and such lack of understanding of racial trauma and how that could re-traumatize viewers and how that could be extremely uncomfortable specifically for black viewers so it's like we're we're clearly not their audience we clearly are not the stranger things fandom like they're they just aren't expecting us to show up like that um the writers producers are not um and that is clear that becomes clear in that moment for me 
Something that also becomes clear is that they don't necessarily know how to light these actors because y'all, I could not see them. Sorry, phone is moving. I could barely see their faces. I could barely see their facial expressions. And even when Caleb was acting his heart out, little boy, I could barely see his face because they don't know how to light their actors who are of melanated variety. Um, and he, hey, he, hey, these things can be fixed, right? These are all things that can be edited in the next season in terms of production, in terms of perhaps post-production, right? In the writing room. But that can only happen when there is an inclination to provide that care and to give that extra time. Not even extra time, that time period. Um, but you have to be devoted to doing that. You just have to be invested in doing that. And I guess when your fandom consists of mostly white people, you don't find yourself invested in doing that. Um, but then that also proves my point a little bit, I feel like. Now, talking about Billy. So one of Caleb's points was that people are not flocking to him um, because, and they would make the statement that he was mean to Elle. I'm like, y'all, come on. Mike was mean to Elle. Y'all are so flocking. Sorry, there's noise outside my window. Billy was a flaming racist, okay? And we're just making excuses for him. Like we're just, he gets a redemption arc for what? And here's my thing with redemption arcs. I think, I don't dislike redemption arcs in film and TV. I don't dislike them. But I do think that generally a lot of redemption arcs are constructed haphazardly so that this person doesn't necessarily earn the redemption it just is afforded to them because it's the end of the show or like the series has to be over or it's going up there or or this person's about to die so we have to make them likable for five seconds before they die um there were parts of of the earlier seasons where we where 11 got to see um got to peer back at billy's life his childhood etc and that was another way of humanizing somebody not, not that he didn't deserve to be humanized, but we didn't look at baby Billy and see how baby Billy went through what he went through to then have to be behind him after he dies, to then have to feel empathy for him. Because here's the other thing. I would have been fine with a problematic character who goes through some sort of growth before he passes, before he dies. We, it still, it still wasn't done. Like, we still didn't get to see it. And if, if, here's the thing too, if they wanted to be less problematic, they could have made him not racist. They could have just made him mean. They could have just made him a bully. Racism is a byproduct of mental illness. And I am not a mental health professional. I am not a psychiatrist, a psychologist, ETC. I'm not. But I do think that we come to a really strange crossroads when we are deciding whether or not someone's racism is justified because of their mental state. Think about how, how like 60 years ago, how little children were lining up, eating popcorn. That is the history of popcorn, by the way. We're eating popcorn to watch black people get lynched. Children. That At that point, to me, it is about conditioning. It is about conditioning. That is what racism is. That's what any kind of oppressive thinking structure is. It's about conditioning. All right, so moving on. That's how I feel about that. Moving on to all these celebrities who are cheating on their wives, y'all. Like, what is going on? Like, Adam Levine, someone's cheating on Nia Long. I don't know her husband's name, but it's Nia Long. And then, and then, um, who was the other one? Homeboy from the Try Guys, who is, I'm not about to be mean. I'm not about to be mean on here. Who is an average looking white man, in my opinion. 
how is in a weird wonky relationship with his co-worker who he has who he's her he's her boss and he has a relationship with her and a whole wife and children a whole household it is it blows my mind it blows my mind i don't understand where they get this audacity but it is an unlimited supply they are it is just pouring out of wherever it's coming from um but yeah i mean honestly i think that this highlights a really important shift in culture or rather in media where it's like the things that you've done will come to the light like the things that you're doing if you're a public figure someone's gonna find out and so i do wonder if celebrities are are, are noting that i wonder if they're being careful or at least more careful of who they're around and like when someone brings out a phone and they're in a public place like are they more conscious of that are they more afraid of that you know is there is there about to be a whole lot of mess coming out about some of our faves you know are we ready to handle that i i don't know if i am i don't know if i'm ready to handle that y'all i'm still a, a millennial trying to recover from 9-11 like we're still trying to recover from racism from 9-11 from everything so from student loan debt like all of it um let me get this makeup on <laughs> but yeah i do wonder like if celebrities are taking that into account of like yeah, the things that you've done, we gonna find you if you over here hiding in the shadows. The last thing that I'm going to talk about is, and y'all, where, oh, here it is. I found my brush. Johnny boy. Basically, if you're not in the loop, John made a public comment that he exclusively dates black women. I think I've said this before in this video, but people are up in arms. Like the Caucasians are losing it. They are not, they cannot hold on to their wigs right now. Because I like to have a lot of grace, but I think it's so interesting that when white people are the standard of beauty, and they are, and there's a lot of research that goes into that. This is not the kind of video. This is again, off the cuff. Um, there's a lot of research that goes behind whiteness being the standard of beauty. Why is it that someone preferring black women who by textbook, by our features, like the broad noses, the larger features, less pristine features, the darker skin, the kinkier, curlier hair typically. And yes, not all black people are built with the same phenotypes, i.e., you know, features, but the fact that this is making people so upset is wild to me because I'm like, why, why is it so strange that someone finds a black woman attractive? Why is it so strange? And not even that, John even elaborated on it and was saying how a black woman um, essentially would be the only kind of woman who would understand his struggle. Now, is that my politic? Not necessarily. Is that allowed to be his? Absolutely, because he's an oppressed man and an oppressive society, and we do what we need to to survive. Yeah, um, that's just how I feel. Um, but yeah, I do think that it's in that it's interesting, um, how people are up in arms about this. People are like, "This is racist." Okay, let's talk about the definition of racism and how that definition is actually fluid, and the textbook definition, i.e., the Webster definition doesn't necessarily stand and isn't moving quick enough even um, as the culture is first, right? The dictionary is not moving fast enough to keep up. So 
racism is a systemic thing. That we understand essentially. Racism is systemic. And if you are in a position of power over somebody and you are harming that person, racism there in that dynamic, it's possible. But if you are not a person in position of power in comparison to the person who is experiencing uh, discomfort or harm, that cannot be qualified as racism categorically, right? So it is, it's just interesting that people don't want to do any research. People, <laughs> like there are so many songs in hip hop culture even, because not racism, oppression, right? Oppression represents, manifests itself both laterally and horizontally, right? So you can be um, exemplifying oppressive ideas towards someone who is in your same oppressed position. So I can look at another black woman and say, you shouldn't be loud because of the fear of white people viewing black women as loud and unattractive and unappealing and unsafe, yeah? So you can do that horizontally to somebody else. And so in hip hop culture, in a lot of rap music, black men are publicly, publicly saying, um, <laughs> You know, Kanye is a culprit. Kanye is a culprit. A lot, a lot of them are. A lot of your faves are culprits of claiming to to favor red bones, not black women, or not fully black women. Um, light skinned girls, mixed girls, girls with wavy hair, girls with good hair. We can do by process of of um, elimination, you know, standard deviation, whatever you want to call it, PEMDAS, that they're talking about not fully black women or rather women who don't appear to be fully black on the outside. And of course that's a result of oppression, of course. When you have that as the standard for years and years and years, y'all, for years. An example, look back to the song Power. Um, I've listened to that song of late and then I was like, I'm not gonna listen to the song anymore because Kanye is fully saying, he's, he's clearly saying that he does not wanna be with dark skin girls, like explicitly, explicitly. Honestly, coming from a culture of that, experiencing that nonstop, John's take is refreshing. It's refreshing. Now, do I think that black women should be celebrating him, like saying, oh, he's he's our black king, like he's gonna rescue us from oppression. He's, he's going to save us from the white gaze? No, because it's one, it's one black person. Do I think that that is making a difference? Yes. Um, do I think that that is going to shift the culture of how people see black women? I think maybe, I think maybe, slowly but surely. And I think more black men who are open about their love for black women, I think that's going to, I, I do, I am optimistic in thinking that that is going to have a positive impact on how we are viewed as romantic partners and as people, genuinely I do. Um, People are saying that this was maybe a like you, you know um, publicity stunt, or that he was just trying to pander. Honestly, maybe he was. Honestly, maybe he was. Do I care? Eh, eh, eh. I don't care. I really don't. Um, oh, someone is someone is saying something positive about black women. Oh no, like I also think. Oh, this was something that I forgot to talk about when it comes to being the only black person. Also, as someone who has had an entire career out of being the only black person in a cast, generally, most of the time, 
you you've come to you come to find after many experiences like that that there are literally people who are willing to peer over you to peer over your talent to look at the next white person to leap over you to congratulate that next white person and yeah that takes a toll and i just hope that caleb is taking care of himself his family seems like they got him you know i hope that he stays away from the news hope he stays away from youtube unless he's watching videos like this um and i hope he just feels empowered to keep being his being his full self and pursuing his dreams and i hope this doesn't dishearten him in any way yeah um but yeah so back to johnny boy so johnny boy i think and y'all don't come at me i'm doing my eyeballs wrong but we gotta make do with what we gotta make do with okay anywho I do think that it is really interesting how a lot of black women are celebrating this as if it's a huge win. Like I, I yes, I'm optimistic, but I'm also also cautiously optimistic. And I know that celebrities are still celebrities, you know, that because John wants to exclusively date black women and he's in a very specific position of power in society right now and he has a certain bracket of income, right? He fits into that certain demographic that this is a win for the average black woman. I don't know. I don't know if that's what that means. I am inclined to say no. I don't know if that is a win for everybody. Regulus Megulus who are working their nine to five or who are, you know, security guard or like working in the supermarket. All I'm saying is he ain't a regular dude. And colorism still exists in our families, with our uncles, with our fathers, with our brothers, with our cousins, with our best friends, even if John Boyega feels the way he does. But you know what? It is an issue that starts at home because it is a product of racism. Colorism is. And uh, I think we're all recovering colorists, no? The interesting thing about beauty, though, is that beauty often determines who is worthy of protection, who deserves safety, who deserves access to certain resources and it always has been um that's why it was a big deal when black women were deemed beautiful because that meant we got access to certain things to partnership to capital through partnership right to certain groups of people because we belonged into because we were partnered with certain people um because we had certain income levels some of us it's just interesting how beauty often is political it is yeah beauty is political ugliness is political because it determines whether or not you're worthy of care yeah um if you want more about that if you want more on that in a, a deep dive with further research um let me know in the comments maybe i'll do a full video maybe i'll do a full podcast episode on it actually i definitely will because ugliness has come up a lot in the media sphere well that's it Thank you for getting ready with me. I'll see you next week. I'll try to upload once a week. Don't forget to like and subscribe if you like what I'm saying to you. Or share this with a friend or a foe or someone who you're not sure about, but you gotta kind of test the waters and check the vibe first. Share this with them too. Stay weird. Bye.